You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Greg Cupney, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! Hey, thanks for pressing play on this episode of the 2 and Out Podcast. Travis Curra and Brazilian Ty. Ty's having a rain day, so he's able to record uh, to get us ready for this week of CFL football. Now, we learned that the world has lost a significant figure in Sinead O'Connor. Of course, nothing compares to you, written by the late great Prince as well. So I'm sure they're jamming on that in the sky right now. But uh, Ty, you wanted to highlight a loss of a football legend as well well yeah not not cfl but um i I don't even know if you call him an NFL legend but definitely ncaa and probably just life in general just a legend (laughs) just a legend um johnny lujak died yesterday uh won three national titles at notre dame uh, in 43 46 and 47 didn't get to play in 1944 or 1945 he was hunting german u-boats in the English channel. And the only reason that he started in uh, 1943 for Notre Dame uh, was because the starting quarterback got called up by the Navy. Mm. So he got the shot. And then the next year he ended up going, Um, he won the 1947 Heisman. He was the oldest surviving winner before he passed away. Yeah. Okay. Of all the past winners. Uh, He gets drafted by the bears. Doesn't get to start doesn't even play quarterback for the first two years, goes to defense, plays corner, and his rookie year gets eight picks, kicks 44 <laughs> extra points. Wow. Like, this is ridiculous, right? Finally gets the start in 1949, leads the league in passing yards and touchdowns. 1950 leads the league in rushing touchdowns. Uh, he sets the record for passing yards in a game for, with 468 before Norm Van Brocklin uh, set the record or broke it. Uh, he had his own radio show where he played himself. It was the adventures of Johnny Lujak back before, like, you know, War of the Worlds was the thing on radio. He's like one of those. Uh, he was the AP athlete of the year, 1947, and he was on the cover of Life magazine that same year, lettered in four sports at Notre Dame, baseball, football, basketball, and track. Um, you know, it's just everybody dies, but not every man lives. And yeah. I think Johnny Lujak lived a hell of a life. He was 98. That when he passed away yesterday, incredible. which is, is incredible. Week eight in the CFL is here. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers on by, and it starts with Friday night football. There's no Thursday nighter this uh, week. The Ottawa Red Blacks home to the Hamilton Tiger Cats, where the Red Blacks are now three-and-a-half-point favorites. I feel like it's probably been a little while since the Red Blacks were favored in a game against the Ticats. <laughs> I don't even know if you could find that information anymore. 
<laughs> of course, they have beaten them. Look at the uh, East Final, the Greg Ellingson uh, catch from Henry Burris. So it has happened, but uh, especially lately, the Ticats have been favored to beat the Red Blacks a lot. And the Cats making a move with their defensive line as they trade Jagera Davis to the Calgary Stampeders for a draft pick. We'll talk more about that once we get to the Calgary game. But the big news for Hamilton this week is that Bo uh, Mitchell is limited in practice could return on Friday. They've pulled him off the six game injured list. I'm guessing if he's off the list, they probably fully intend on playing him this week. Cause why else make the move? Yeah. Uh, it does lead you to wonder if maybe injuries on that defensive line are a little more serious than uh, let on in Calgary. Yeah, uh, the James Vodders uh, yeah. injury. Uh, I mean, word is it could be a torn bicep and season ending. They're still waiting on the yeah. uh, waiting on the results, so, but it so does yeah, look serious. That's for the trade. And then as for if if the guys are ready to come back, I mean, the way that that team is playing right now, they need all help they can get. And here's something really interesting. We we praise the Red Blacks defense and what they've accomplished this season. They actually have the worst pass defense in the CFL. And a, a lot of that is probably attributed to Jake Mayer's 450 yards last week that skews things <laughs> early in the season. But they're averaging 311 passing yards against. They're aver- actually averaging over 10 yards of completion so far. They've also played Toronto twice, have they not? Oh, no, it's Ottawa, sorry. Yeah, it's Ottawa. And yeah. they've given up uh, 17 completions of 30 yards or more. Uh, honestly, these stats kind of surprised me. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if half of it happened against Calgary last week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they want uh, Bo Mitchell to be uh, slinging it and be ready to go mm-hmm. Friday night. I, I think right now, just the way that, like you said, those numbers, it feels like maybe Calgary skewing a lot of those <laughs> but still like you look at you look at those numbers and it makes you want to throw the ball but that secondary we've talked about it before in ottawa um there are guys that can make plays and there's also guys like if they don't make the play on the ball and they're playing the body you're going to be paying a price so yeah. you gotta be willing to take a hit to make a play as well I kind of wonder if the time on the sideline maybe has benefited Bo a little bit. Just kind of, he's very involved in the offense, mm-hmm. even when he was on the sideline, kind of seeing how things are developing and how things are going that way. But they also don't want to fall any further behind. The Ticats are last in the East Division. The Red Blacks are second at 500. But look, if. Hamilton wins this all of a sudden they are locked up so it is a massive game on Friday night last week Tim White shut out and he's kind of been off and on at least what we've become accustomed to with his production in Hamilton over the past couple years that's a guy they really need to get going against these red blacks and and he kind of had an emergence last year and I mean they're their receiving core the last two years has been full of guys who aren't there anymore. Yeah. And now he gets moved up the depth chart. And yes, Duke comes in and a guy like Terry Godwin and Condre Smith have kind of shown up a little bit, but I think there's a lot more pressure on Tim White now to, to produce on that offensive side of the ball. And maybe teams are keying in a little more and that makes it harder for a guy when he's not in a position where he has been yet 
Uh, I think those numbers will come, but it's just, it seems like right now teams are able to key on Duke. Isn't the same Duke Williams we've seen. So teams aren't worried about him nearly as much. He is still the same diva and hot headed, you know, snap show. Is he though? That has, I just, I don't like just looking at him sometimes. It, it just feels like if, if the pass isn't close or, you know, he needs to take one more step, you see him still let up on stuff. And I just, I don't like the looks of that. But yeah, he hasn't spit on anybody yet. <laughs> so that's a positive. That's a plus. But <laughs> he I mean, has had two 102 yard games. Yes. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, Tim, those numbers will come. It just needs, and I mean, the revolving door at quarterback that has been the early year for the Hamilton Tiger Cats hasn't helped anybody really. No, the Red Blacks, the first team in CFL history to win two consecutive overtime games, which is remarkable. Um, and they've got some enforcements getting healthy for the Red Blacks, welcoming some veterans back to the lineup. Jovan Santos Knox is uh, looking ready to make his return. Shaq Evans looking ready to make his return from the six-game injured list. And also Cariel Brooks, the DB, was a full participant in practice on Tuesday. So to bring Evans back, the Red Blacks have released uh, Scarver here. So, I mean, it does look like Evans could be ready to play. Dustin Crum getting some help, another veteran in the receiving core. That can never hurt, man. <laughs> no, and you've got a guy like Jalen Acklin and Nate Pahar who have shown they can make plays. I mean, he's leaned on Nate Pahar these last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, especially late in games. So you add Shaq Evans, a guy that can stretch the field a little bit and make the big the big play. Uh, just gives that offense another weapon. And, I mean, that opens up stuff for Crum too, because guys are going to have to back off of Evans and there's going to be more room for Crum to scramble. So uh, Dustin Crum has become a bit of a fantasy darling. I think he costs less than $8,000 on fantasy still. It's obviously mm -hmm. the rushing success that is big when you're building a fantasy lineup with a quarterback. And if he's able to add that. So he had one game against Hamilton when he came in. And scored 17 fantasy points? Is that what I'm seeing? That, that's what I've got. I wow. could be wrong because you know these stats. Yeah. <laughs> it's but hard at, to. Yeah. In, his start, in his starts, like just overall, he's averaged 28.2 points. Wow. And, I mean, you look at you look at the performances he's had in those games and it's been, like, ridiculous. I think Red Blacks fans are still treading cautiously. Like, mm -hmm. is, is this real? But two wins against Winnipeg and Calgary, teams with so much continuity and so much success over the past decade in the CFL that even if they're not as strong as we've become accustomed to over the past few years, there's still tough football teams to beat <laughs> mm -hmm. and the red blacks did it. So yeah. I think they've got a lot of momentum going into this one against the tie cats, but the tie cats, they got to go probably as James Butler goes the, the rushing game for the tie cats last week didn't get anything done. He got a lot done in the receiving game, almost 70 yards receiving, but they need to make some moves on the ground and, the, between Tim White and James Butler, who did nothing for the Ticats last week, those guys need a rebound game if they're going to beat Ottawa. Still somehow at a better week than Jamal Morrow. But, <laughs> you know, we always say, like, you know, you can't just disregard the run and you got to be able to use it and, and none of this six six carries and giving up. Yeah. 
at the same time, if you're going to go zero carries, then go zero carries. If you're just going to throw the ball 50 or 60 times, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, if you're going to run it six times just to give your quarterback a break and get eight yards, you're just wasting a down, which is what it's felt like in Hamilton the last couple of years. So if James, if they can get James Butler involved, then even if it's, you know, little screens as an extension of the running game to kind of move the pocket a little bit and get things going and, and they're still able to add some runs that that's okay too, but they can't abandon it. They have like stick to it. I mean, Ottawa guess crumb has been lights out with his legs. He is like against Winnipeg team saw that and completely shut, not completely shut him down, but, you know, slowed him down. Calgary slowed him down last week, but it's not like Ottawa's striking fear in anybody right now. Yeah, they're getting hot, but you know it. It could blow. It, it still feels like it could blow up at any moment. So Hamilton <laughs> can't does. be afraid. Hamilton can't be afraid. Like, yeah, it, you're not going to get seven yards of carry, but you got to establish a run game and start beating the hell out of defenses, and it's going to help Bo. It's going to help Powell if he has to come back in. If Bo can't do it. If Bo gets hurt again, like it's just one of those things where if you abandon it completely, then abandon it completely. Don't just be using it to give a, a, a down away because it doesn't make any sense. And I, I think the Red Blacks need to get off to a good start. <laughs> the Thai Cats need to get off to a good start too. Like they, the defense seems to get off to a rough start. At least they did against Toronto, and then they kind of rebounded. I Everybody's think, getting off rough starts against Toronto, though. That, it seems like it. <laughs> Just don't fall behind is a key for the Thai Cats as well. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how how often do the Red Blacks want to play the whole. Uh, <laughs> let's try to win it over time or let's try to come back in the last three minutes. Like, yeah, th- th- that's not good for the blood pressure. <laughs> no, and it's not good when you bet them yeah. last minute money line. Yeah. <laughs> not good for my blood pressure either. <laughs> no, touchdown Atlantic for the second consecutive is, year. Is this still going on? Are touchdown still Atlantic? Going? What do you mean? Isn't Nova Scotia like underwater? Oh, that. Yeah, I, I was on the Argos fan cast this week to preview this game, and yeah. I, I brought that up. I, I got a lot of people that I know are traveling to Nova Scotia to enjoy Touchdown Atlantic mm-hmm. and the floods, and then a few weeks ago, the fires. I mean, I, I hope that uh, the travel for the fans, for the teams, for the locals is okay, and I, I hope everyone's safe. That, that's it's a great yeah. question. Some of the stuff we've been seeing coming out of Nova Scotia. Yeah, it's been wild. Now, last week, uh, Sunday on the show, <laughs> we kind of, well, you had said uh, that uh, a Schooners team would be rough with the way the time zones are. And we got a comment from 12 Steps on YouTube saying, everyday listener from Atlantic Canada, screw this Brazilian tie take. It's ridiculous. Atlantic no, Canada <laughs> Atlantic Canada is growing, and coast-to-coast would be good for the league. Typical West Coaster take, GTFO. Okay, well, <laughs> then you're starting all your games at 11 o'clock. <laughs> well, Have fun. Well, uh, this one does start at two mountains, so I guess that's, yeah. what, five? Six o'clock. Five. Uh, Six. Oh, is Four hours? No, I think it's five. Oh, no, it's three. Sorry, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. yeah. I'm in yeah. D.C. right now. I'm both. I'm, so, I'm uh, up. I, 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 it would be good for the league for it to happen. It would be good for the yeah. schedule. be good for all that. Uh, the schedule will become – I know people say that uh, it'll be um, 
easier to make a schedule. Of course it will be. Play everybody twice, get rid of divisions, top six, done deal. All that kind of thing. But uh, extra considerations come in with time zones and TV scheduling Mm -hmm. and all that. It it is an interesting conversation to have, but 12 steps adds that uh, he'll be going to the game. He's been hitting his DFS all year. Uh, uh, on DraftKings and stuff. Loves to and out. Used to live in Vancouver, but been out in Nova Scotia and been dreaming of a CFL franchise forever. I hope the Schooners do happen too. Um, and they've got all sorts of events going on. Uh, football clinics. The teams are uh, helping out young football players. They've got tailgate parties. That it. This does look like sort of a bucket list event for CFL fans. Like, it's like training camp for a Grey Cup. Yeah, I, I I do want to attend a touchdown Atlantic sometime and hopefully with an Atlantic team involved in the near future. But the Argos here are 10 and a half point favorites over those riders. Uh, and they could move to 6 and 0 for the first time, Ty, since 1935. By the way, and do you know what happened in the, after that 6 and 0 start? They uh, lost three consecutive games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, didn't make it to the Great Cup. <laughs> uh, Jake Winicky, Braden Lenius, Kean Schaefer Baker, all returning to practice for the Riders. Winicky and Lenius probably will play this weekend. KSB is not going to play, but some veteran or at least some CFL experience back in the mm-hmm. receiving core is a, a good move for the riders. All of a sudden, it seems like they've got some tough decisions to make uh, in that receiving group. Yeah. Like Tevin Jones has shown up. Sean Bain is contributing now. Uh, you know, a guy like Mitchell Picton, who's taking huge hits. Yeah. He, he wasn't practicing. In BC. He deserves a like, breather. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if he's caught his breath from that yet. Um, you know, yeah, all these guys can come back. That's fine. The playbook needs to open up for for Mason Fine to be able to utilize these guys properly. Because you can't have everybody running. You can have you can have a guy going deep, but if the defense knows it's not going there, it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be nothing to worry about, and they're gonna just play rally to the football kind of type of defense and and you know stop guys short. Maybe three guys in on tackles, stuff like that. Um, and, and it's not, I'm not knocking Mason fine. It's, it's just what happens with a young quarterback and, and the coaching staff is bringing him along. They don't want to just throw him to the wolves. So, you know, these guys come back. I mean, a guy like Jake Winicky can be huge. We saw what he's done in Montreal uh, with all the touchdowns and being kind of a, a possession guy or can be like, he's pretty sure handed, not, not exactly the guy you just want going two, three yards to get a first down, but he's very sure handed and, and you can almost count on him to catch the football. So a guy like that and Brandon Linius, uh, and if Tevin Jones and, and Sean Bain keep going the way they're going, I mean Mason Fine will be just will be fine, really. He'll be, he'll be okay, uh, you know, and they can start expanding this, this playbook a little bit for him. Yeah, they just need to. It was just very conservative last week, but then some interesting decisions like the Riders. Terrible decisions. Let's be real. <laughs> they, they less than nineteen points a game. They've only scored twelve touchdowns 10 of them on offense so thanks super mario and that's a key mm-hmm. like I, if, if alfred can give them decent starting field position and then they'll be just they'll be okay it's like you want to win you know two out of three phases of the game and mm-hmm. the lions they really limited 
Mario last week, and then the offense was just so, so conservative until <laughs> they're on third and short, and then they go for it with another conservative play, and it gets and stuffed. Then, and then kick the field. Like, it, the, the thing is, the defense has to win their matchup, or else they have no shot. And it's not, not easy not to win, win this matchup. Well, that's the thing. They're not going to win in a shootout yeah, against this yeah. Argos team right now. So if they're down 14 nothing early, it's basically fold up the tent and go home. And somehow you got to rush and, mm-hmm. uh, well, at least have success. That 12 carries for 11 yards for Jamal Morrow last week. And now they go against the Argos that have the best rush defense in the CFL, giving up less than 65 yards rushing a game. And I think maybe a lot of it is that teams have fallen behind the Argos in games and (laughs) they kind of start throwing a little bit. But if you allow the Argos to get a fast start last week, they win the coin toss, they go down the field and all of a sudden it's seven, nothing. Chad Kelly, is he averaging almost 25 fantasy points a game? It's his first start against the Riders. Yeah. 24.4 in his brief starter career uh, as a, like that's, you're not going to complain about those numbers. The only problem is he's $15,000. Yeah. Yeah. Again, they are okay with giving him the ball near the goal line. So you're hoping for rushing touchdowns there too. And AJ Olette, we're getting a different AJ Olette this year. It, it seems like in the past they have, they've given him the opportunity, but they're committed a lot more to running the ball and beating up teams this year. They're a very physical team. And the Argos, look, they've got obviously talented guys in the receiving core with Devaris Daniels and uh, Curly Gittens Jr. And Phillips can make plays. Coxie might miss this game, but Brissett, he had a 50-yarder last week. But their strength is their physicality and their rushing team, and they kind of do use that rush to open up the pass and the big Mm -hmm. plays that uh, those receivers are capable of making, and they are just beating teams up. And the way the Riders are right now, it's been kind of uneven. Last week, of course, they looked great against the run. They had a great pass rush. They need to somehow repeat that performance, but it's not easy. You know, going from BC to Regina to practice for a day, then you're flying all the way to the East Coast. But again, it's the Argos have to do the same thing, and they did it last year. Um, I, I think we're <laughs> we can be sure in saying that nobody's going to get a helmet thrown at them in pregame. So that that's probably another positive surrounding this game. Let's let's not count our chickens. <laughs> You know that's that's the thing. A man like the, can dream. A man can dream. The writers had a lot of things to finish at, or fix after last year. They fixed the discipline part, or at least it mm-hmm. seems like it. At least compared to what we were seeing a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the offensive line appeared fixed early in the season, but a few injuries. They just don't have the depth to It's like my drywall. Like every time I make a mistake, I can just dap it. (laughs) And then eventually the dap dries and cracks and it's like, oh, that didn't work. (laughs) Uh, Peter Godber was uh, practicing on the old line. So another veteran body back on that old line, which they uh, definitely sorely Mm -hmm. need. And 
We know the front for the Argos, the amount of depth that they have at that position. It's going to be another test and another test for Mason Fine against that physical secondary, the the secondary that can make plays, taking the ball away for the Argos. This is a tough, tough game for the Riders, but they don't get any easier. They need to string together at least a win or two over this little stretch here because they got obviously about six weeks away, the back-to-back with with Winnipeg, and they play Ottawa next week and Montreal the week after that. And so far, the East has been better (laughs) against the Mm -hmm. West in 2023. So, like you say, you want to string together or you want to get a couple wins in these next three games, just focus on winning the next two and just chalk this one up to an L. Like, it just feels (laughs) like that this week where there's just no chance in L. Yeah, like I... McMahon is strutting down the ramp. <laughs> it's it's Shawn Michaels and and Triple H in the ring, and they don't know what to do. I see you there too. I, I see and you I there don't, too. I don't see McMahon popping both quads on this song. <laughs> Chad Kelly with the double. I don't want to jinx anything. <laughs> that Royal it. Rumble's iconic. He's sitting on the mat with double popped quads and just yelling. <laughs> I love this frothing. Interesting um, perspective from Chris on YouTube as well. He's he's from the UK. And he says it takes a moment to adjust just how vast Canada is with its massive time zones when uh, considering the league as a potential coast-to-coast entity. I went to the UK once in 2012 and telling people the size of Canada and how long my flight was, they don't... And the fact (laughs) when you pass Toronto, you think, ah, maybe Newfoundland's an hour away and then I'll be over the Atlantic Ocean. No. And and, and those guys in Europe, like you fly for an hour and a half and you're... You're you're behind the curtain. Yeah. You're a dozen (laughs) countries away anymore. (laughs) It's it's wild. We got a large country and, and... You think we got a lot of times when Russia has 12 or 11... (laughs) It's probably hard to be a sports fan there, honestly. Like, I don't know. I'm assuming there's probably an Oiler right. fan or two in Halifax. And yeah, <laughs> their maybe. games start close to midnight to watch Connor McDavid on a Saturday night. Like, yeah. man. That's be wild. <laughs> now, the Edmonton Elks home to the BC Lions, where the Lions are eight and a half point favorites. The over-under... 43 and a half. This game is going to be broadcast in Punjabi, which I hate. Last week, the or last year, the Elks had a game broadcast in Cree. Yep. Man, I just think this is great. The game's going to be available in the lower mainland on radio. It's going to be available in Alberta on radio as well. I think that's a pretty darn good um, uh, mm-hmm. thing they've got going on in Edmonton for all the stuff that's going on on the field <laughs> they're making some cool things happen off of it they're trying yeah. man they're trying no, and and the the league had the diversity is our strength t-shirts and that whole program this is just an add-on to that i think it's something that it, there's n- absolutely nothing wrong with it there's no detriment i don't think you want to introduce more people to the game and more people to the product if you can put it in their native language it, it might make it easier mm-hmm. it probably would be way easier to hear it that way, and then eventually you're able to figure stuff out in English. And but 
I mean, the comfort and, and the familiarity with that language just makes it so much easier, so much easier for them. No, nobody wants to bet the under, but BC shut out Edmonton in week two. They've allowed one but TD. It feels in the past like 44 isn't a big ask for BC against this team. <laughs> but they only scored 22 last time. Yeah. yeah. I'm not taking the under. And I'm now they don't the have under. that starting quarterback. Um, yeah. The Lions oh, have only allowed. I have to take the under. <laughs> The Lions have only allowed five offensive uh, touchdowns this year, and you're right; it, it's it's Dane Evans getting the start. So I, I think all of the things we've seen from the Lions' offense, it's just completely different going into this week in in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, what we saw from Dane last year, I'm, I'm not saying it's the same. We'll see this week because. I think we need to clone Jordan Maximic. If we had nine offensive coordinators like him across the CFL, uh, we're not talking about the offensive struggles and the quarterback struggles. At least I no. think. I just think that DCs have evolved more than OCs over the past decade. And and let's face it, 15, 20, 25 years ago, linebackers could not cover the pass like they do now. No. Now no, they've now got they nine are not athletes. linebackers. They they are just strict at, strictly athletes back they there. They are. That that's a big change and, in the CFL. And and like you mentioned, the DCs had to evolve quicker. Yeah, than you they think, did. Because the the rules are just set up. And now we're the mad that they dominated it out. <laughs> and now yeah. It's like everybody was so psyched about three on three overtime, it took coaches what? Three yeah. weeks to ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah, here, here we are. Uh, <laughs> Dane Evans has been prone to the turnover. Even last week against Saskatchewan, there was an interception. Uh, I think he lost a fumble as well. Mm-hmm. And look, uh, <laughs> this streak for Edmonton has, well, I guess it doesn't have to end. Can it end in 2023? Like, Last week, who is go, who goes who goes in there right now and loses to this team? That, that's the thing. Nobody wants to be the one, you know. <laughs> right, but nobody's playing bad enough to be the one. Like Saskatchewan, like they had their chance against Saskatchewan and couldn't do it. They pissed that one away. They beat themselves with that mm-hmm. with that rouge. They've done that with a few games this year, right? No, like they hung with Winnipeg until the second half. Uh, so they lost by two touchdowns there. Uh, they lost by eight to the Tie Cats. They lost by one to the Riders. What's going to happen this week? It's funny. Chris Jones in the media, and, and they've released Maurice French, by the way, is a guy that turned heads in training camp. He's got speed. He's 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 can make big plays. But and block. Worth a damn. Jones basically said he's not physical enough. But he also yeah. said, we want to be a run-first team. Where is it? You're putting the ball into Cornelius's hands over and over and over again, and they they get stuffed on the run, so they just, they just abandon that. Like, where mm-hmm. is the run-first mentality? <laughs> Good luck getting that going against the Lions defense, I guess, but... Make it happen. Be physical. Yeah. Let, 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 it's not going to be an easy and, task, but we this, haven't this seen my, them. This isn't my joke, but if Maurice French got released for not being physical enough, maybe your whole line needs to go too. 
<laughs> I think that was Jock that said that, but I, I read it and I popped. I went, I, to, I went total Marco. It was so good. So I don't know. Are, are we going to see a different philosophy from the Elks going forward? Because quite frankly, that, that's what they should have been doing from the beginning of the year. Yep. I don't know if they have the horses to do it. Be physical. Win those ugly games. That's what they have to do. They're not going to win a shootout with no. with anyone, really. Um, but if we see what we saw for them last week against Winnipeg, dressing those nine offensive linemen, getting through the line, getting after Zach, they have a chance to force Dane Evans to make some mistakes and therefore have a chance in this game. Maybe the defense needs to score on those turnovers instead of letting the offense take over at the 40. <laughs> yeah, it should just be one of those things. Can we just stay out here? Like when I, my last year of hockey, we... we our power play in one early in the one early in the season was just atrocious. We just couldn't get it figured out. And I think we were one for 46 to start the year. And my coach yelled at the ref that he wanted to decline the penalty. I'm like, can we do that? And he's like, no. <laughs> decline. <laughs> I want to decline it. We'll just stay five on five. We don't care. Just give us the face off. <laughs> uh, Manny Arsenault has been limited in practice this week coming off the six-game injured list. And, hey, the veteran is going to bring work ethic. He's going to bring a big body that is willing to block and make those things happen. So maybe that will be a big addition to the lineup. Uh, Ed Ganey, uh, the veteran defensive back, has been limited in practice. And after missing practice on Tuesday, A.C. Leonard was back on Wednesday. Also, they're starting middle linebacker Niles Morgan practicing in full this week and trending to play Saturday against the Lions. Uh, the Lions, on the other hand, uh, Vernon Adams Jr., they're saying if he's medically cleared, he'll dress as the number three. And uh, so he'll... Break glass in case of emergency, basically. Yeah, he'll still be there. They're only expecting him to miss one start, which is... Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a bye, though, news. too, do they not? Yeah, yeah. I think... Uh, They'll come off the bye next week, I think, on on the third or something. But Dom Rimes hasn't been practicing here. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be an absence from the receiving core for the Lions, but they've got guys that are able to step up and make those plays, whether it's Alexander Hollins, uh, whether it's Keon Hatcher. We haven't seen, I don't think, the big game from Lucky Whitehead that he's capable of just quite yet. But we know it's coming eventually, and eventually it has to. <laughs> I don't know if it's if it's this week. The Elks have had implosions or explosions on the defense where they kind of hang and hang, and then oh, there we go. We're we're falling behind. They've given up fourteen completions of over thirty yards. But I look at that rushing average. Apparently, Winnipeg is worse in the league. 5.9 yards a carry they're giving up currently. But Edmonton, 5.8 yards a carry. And the Lions, they didn't have it going with Sean Shivers last week. We'll see if Taquan Mizell gets back into the lineup for the Lions. But he was going early this season. and you He's not hurt. That, he's just been healthy scratched. Which is very interesting, I thought. Yeah. or that's That's what they're telling us. And the performance he had, and I know Shivers mm-hmm. had a good game a couple games ago. 
Uh, maybe yeah. they're seeing stuff that we don't see, like blocking or things like that. Yeah. But if my things we're not gets... picking up on quite yet, just it hasn't been so obvious to us, maybe. Yeah. If Mizell gets back into there, whoever's carrying the ball, uh, yeah. they're going to they want should to get have, that going against it. And they should have a decent chance at having a really good day. They should. They should. I, I do like Keon Hatcher. I think you've got him here averaging 14 points against the Elks mm-hmm. in his CFL career. Lucky Whitehead, over 18 points in his CFL career yeah. against the Lions. And uh, will Matthew oh. Betts' sack streak continue? Uh, the Elks O-line has yep. struggled. He's got a, at least a struggled. sack. Struggled? Struggled? <laughs> That's the word you're going to use? <laughs> hey, I'm a nice guy. Practice? <laughs> Playoffs. He's at least the sack in his past six games here. Uh, Bola Combo had eight tackles last week. He's got five games this year with seven or more outstanding Canadians on the Lions defense. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, scary guys to play against. Bet's sack streak, he got on the, he kept it going on the last play of the game. Yeah. Don't act like he didn't know what was happening. Yeah, absolutely. The riders right. were prematurely celebrating that uh, they Shot had held him, him to without a sack. Yeah. I mean, you have a guy like Betts and a guy like Bola Combo. They're not exactly ratio breakers, but we always talk about it's the teams with the best Canadian talent in this league that are, that are usually in the Grey Cup and usually able to win it. Mm-hmm. And, and when you have players that are that good with Canadian passports. That gives you a huge leg up on the rest of the league, and BC is showing that. And, you know, the Riders' D-line had success against BC's mm-hmm. O-line last week, so Edmonton's going to be licking their chops and trying to yeah, A guy like Jake Serezna should be able to get home a couple times. Uh, am I seeing this right? Taylor Cornelius averages negative points against the BC Lions in his CFL career? They were shut out in week two. Need I remind you? Or are you going to say, ask Jordan me? And you don't have to remind me. But two games averaging. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here all week. Try the deal. They had to go home Saturday. Uh, Taylor Cornelius in two starts against BC, negative 0.1 point average. Man. Free Trey Ford. I'm going to make that t shirt. That look great on a shirt, I think. Uh, and how do they get a repeat performance from Dylan Mitchell? Uh, 115 yards last week, an 80-yard touchdown. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, you know Ryan Phillips is going to have those Lions fired up. Yeah. It, look, it, I, sometimes I feel like the Maybe. team desperate to not lose. <laughs> is the team make... they're too tight? Yeah. Um, I do have I do have an idea for this Elks offense though, like how bad Taylor Cornelius has played against the BC Lions. <laughs> have they thought of making him throw with his left hand? Well, he did try that against. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it literally can't get any worse. <laughs> oh, let's go to Montreal on Sunday. Uh, the Owls are two and a half point favorites against those Calgary Stampeders. Now, they've got Cirque du Soleil at halftime, man. I, I, when you're in Montreal, they got some pretty impressive stuff they can uh, put in on the halftime show. Now, the Owls are off the bye. Teams are 7-1 and one off the bye in 2023. It's actually Calgary's first game in Montreal since 2019, 
Every game between the two teams since 2018 has been decided by less than six points. So I think they've got the spread right here. Um, the schedule still sucks. <laughs> the Stamps offense, they woke up and had a great game against Ottawa last week. So Montreal is in tough to sort mm-hmm. of limit them. Although their defense has been they've been pretty good uh at times this season and been having some success here. It's not going to be easy for those Stampeders to have a repeat performance there. Uh-huh. Sean Lemon could be in the lineup for the Alouettes here. <laughs> I did write against his old team. He Does he only have maybe one to add? And then we can have the traveling Sean Lemons? Oh, I don't know if he's been a bomber or yeah. a cat. Well, I mean, Kevin Glenn did didn't even take a snap. Yeah. <laughs> we counted it. <laughs> well, I think Lemon can uh, make it happen and be the first or the second player in CFL history to do it. He's eight sacks from 100 in his career. And he's not far removed from having a double-digit sack season. It was last year. <laughs> so... It, He's got a chance at uh, getting back in there and just uh, making good things happen for the Alouettes. And from what I've heard from Danny Machocha, it says they'll kind of ease him into things um, to keep him fresh. And look, he didn't have a full training camp or anything like that. I know he stayed in shape, but second and long situations, get in there, Lemon, and uh, pin your ears back, rush the quarterback. And uh, they said inside a few minutes kind of thing, they'll get Lemon out there. And so they'll ease him into a lineup for the Alouettes because they've also released Nick Usher. So they need as many bodies as they can get on the D-line. But the Alouettes, there has to be a big game for William Stanback coming, right? They have to commit to it, though. Yeah. It just seems like they just don't use him enough. To me, anyway, I, I mean, we keep hearing talk about how he's one of the best in the league and and all mm-hmm. that stuff, and it just it just never comes to fruition. He was yeah. on the Bombers for a week, no, three days. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Are we counting that? Does he? Yeah, we're counting that. It was, was a practice a roster, cat? so he still needs to be a tie cat. Okay, we got one more team to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! If, he was on the practice roster for three days. Oh, that counts. Oh yeah. Well, Kevin Glenn was a red black and never even had a practice. Like, no, yeah. It was like well, January. I don't think, I don't think John Lemon did either. <laughs> and same with an Argo uh, for Kevin yeah. Glenn, I believe. So <laughs> Now, the Alouettes, the worst rushing offense in the CFL, uh, 80.6 yards a game. The worst yards per carry average, 4.5 yards a game. So they just need to make this happen. And they're actually the second worst on first down. So I think much like Edmonton, I think we expected Montreal to be a better rushing team. They've got Jess Renan. 
Is a lot of that, though, with the injury concerns with Stanback? It could be. It could be, but if he's not ready to go, they had success last year with Antwi and Fletcher. I'm not saying not ready to go. I know. I think they want to overuse him and get him hurt again because it just seems to change their entire offense. At the same time, if you're not going to use him properly and and use him like you were in your offense before, you have a different offense anyway. Yeah, yeah. And we're seeing that now with, like, their Hamilton now. They're the new Hamilton that just can't run the football. I think they've been trying to use their receiving game as the running game. Kayon mm-hmm. Julian Grant leading the league in yak. And thank you for not saying yak yards. Yak yards. <laughs> uh, Austin Mack, is he at 14 fantasy points on average in his CFL mm-hmm. career? career? That is pretty darn good. I'd, I'd say it's the return of the Mack, but... <laughs> It's 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 first season. We'll, we'll save it for next uh, year. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we can op- we can open up a, a show with that song. I love it. Mac, that is my walk up song. Mac and Julian Grant were first and third in receiving yards uh, before they had their bye last week. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody had two Alouette receivers in the top three at any point in the season uh, going into this one. So that has been a point of yeah. success for the Alouette. What, and it show and also that shows why Fajardo is on another pace for these huge sack numbers because he yeah. dropped him at the pass so damn much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Stampeders, uh, well, they've got Jagera Davis. Uh, is he going to be playing this week? Uh, maybe James if, Waters injured. If this and- trade turns Calgary season and I'm end up in the Grey Cup, I'm going to snap. <laughs> well, then... Ja'Garrett Davis should be getting half a million dollars from any CFL team to guarantee a great cup berth if this helps. He's a Hall of Famer, right? Oh, yeah. He's first ballot now. Yeah. I don't even think it's not even close. (laughs) He spent his first. This will be be like Ken Griffey Jr. missing out by one vote just because people didn't want him to be a 100 percenter. (laughs) Which is stupid. Stupid. Uh, Uh Pisses me off to no end. <laughs> Davis uh, started his career with Calgary for three years, won a Grey Cup there in 2018, so he's very familiar in the red and white. And a welcome face at Stampeder practice this week. Kadeem mm-hmm. Carey has been limited. Um, I, I don't think he'll play, but start to step get in the right working. direction. Exactly. Not uh, that not that Dedrick Mills has been a slow coach. Yeah. Well, Coming I don't think him, he's, but, they're going to want to let him have another dud again. Yeah, the guy's a but, physical runner. And yeah, get him and, but Kadeem Car- if Kadeem Carey is able to get healthy and come back in the next two to three weeks, I mean, that and the Jagir Davis trade, I, mean, that, I don't want to overstate that trade just because of the stat that's out there. It's it's, yeah, it's yeah. a narrative and, and it's fun. But, you know, if he comes in and replaces Vodders, if Vodders is hurt for a long period of time and they get Kadeem Carey back and 100% healthy, there's nothing saying they can't turn this around. They also bring back defensive back Brad Muhammad, who uh, played halfback for most of the year last year in the Stampeder defense. He was there in training camp, so somebody else familiar with the Brent Monson defense uh, with the Stampeders. And uh, veteran offensive lineman Joshua Coker returning uh, and being at right tackle in practice. So that another big addition for the Calgary Stampeders, although uh, Luther Hakanavanu is going to be a guy we'll be watching here. Um, there was some talk about him. He's been practicing in full. 
Uh, Brandon Dozier not practicing. Trey Roberson not practice practicing. Those are big names in the uh, secondary. And Cole Tucker, I guess he's had a boot on, so uh, not practicing as a wide receiver. Uh, it seems like Calgary, even when they were a dominant team, never went into Montreal and just smashed them. No. It's always a Sunday game. It was always at 2 p.m. or like an 11 a.m. here. So like 2 p.m. start in Montreal, 1 p.m. start. Kind of throws you off. It's that extra day. Saturday night in Montreal. I'm sure their guys aren't going out, but I'm sure they're not not going out. <laughs> like they're going out I like you, you would go out for a couple. They're not going out like I go out where I'm getting home an hour before kickoff. <laughs> like, oh, you got a tea time at 7? Well, I got to be home for six so I can shower and look presentable. <laughs> a couple with Brazilian tie is a couple dozen. Let's be clear. Well, yeah, you can have a couple, and in that time, I'm going to drink ten. <laughs> the Stampeders are giving up five point three yards a rush, actually the same amount as uh, the Montreal Alouettes there, but they have given up over one hundred twenty rush yards a game. This is why I'm like, are they gonna let? William Stanback go? Are, are they going mm-hmm. to commit to it? Now, I feel like he's a running back, the, the big body he is, that he's just going to get better the more you give him the ball, right? Yeah, he's one of those guys that needs to get hit to get into the game. Yeah, so let's see if those Alouettes are going to uh, commit to that. Let's face it, Cody Fajardo, much like <laughs> Winnipeg, didn't have all that much success against the Bombers. Not the most success against the Stampeders either. So, <laughs> no, just averaging thirteen point three. But I mean, it's okay. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to have him in your lineup this week. Uh, but nineteen point two career starts. I mean, there is a chance for him to to put up a little bit of or to put up some decent numbers. But I don't think he's touching anybody's lineup this week. Right, right. Trey Odom's Dukes is up there in the CFL leaders with receiving targets. So. Uh, an interesting name there. And Reggie Bagleton, massive Kills. success in his career. Kills Montreal. He is the Andrew Harris. He is what Andrew Harris is to Edmonton. That's wild. Uh, I'm hoping my stats are right because 25.2 points per game is ridiculous. That is crazy, actually. <laughs> and his career average is 13 and a half. Like, there's just some big outliers. Yeah. Uh, he's going to I think need... he's had like some two touchdown games and stuff against right. Montreal. And that, right. that makes it bump up pretty easy. And, hey, more weeks go by. Mark and Michelle get more and more mm-hmm. comfortable in the uh, Stampeder offense. That'll only help uh, Jake Mayer and the Stampeder offense. And, this is an intriguing game. And I need to make a new player page for Mark and Michelle, but I can't because I can't find stats. Oh, yeah. We are coming in on uh, checking the calendar. Week 8. And uh, no here we past are. stats. No, we can find historical stats. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to sift through a PDF. That's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, fantasy this week. Um, the CFL podcast fantasy league. They're doing something really cool. Nobody has an opponent this week. You're playing the league average, which is oh, uh, it's like when they do time trials and a Tour de France. Yeah, I think this is this is cool. So. I don't know. I, I had 125 points last week. I would have to uh, 
So is it the average coming into this week or does this week affect the average? The the average this week, the totals are combined. So you will, somebody, there will be losers then. Yeah, there will be losers. Yeah. So this is a big one. My lineup, (laughs) crumb dog millionaire. Thanks, uh, Marshall Ferguson. I'm rolling with him. Yeah. My guy, uh, AJ Olette, William Stanback, Austin Mack, Duke Williams, Keon Hatcher, and the Argo defense. That leaves me with 300 bucks. Again, much like you last week, I look at that lineup on paper, and I'm like, ah, I'm in good shape. But yeah. I'm not going to celebrate it until Sunday at about 8 Mountain. <laughs> Which I will be home. Wow. I'm really excited to get home as early as I can Sunday, watch two games on PVR, then watch this game live, do all the stats, and then record and then get on the road at 6 a.m. to go to North Battleford for golf because our course is closed. <laughs> Why is it closed? Uh, All Nations Cup, it's closed oh. Sunday to Saturday. Oh, when you're in town. <laughs> yeah, I can, get, I can get evening tea times, but, you know, that'll be fun. Nine holes, it'll take three hours because now we're a municipal instead of a private. So now we get municipal clientele that don't know what they're doing and they just clog it all up. <laughs> what's your fantasy lineup looking like i also went with dustin crumb these are all changes from what i sent well not all changes but yeah. i changed it up uh since i talked to you last night uh mills because i don't i don't see Kadeem carry starting uh olette yeah. mac curly gittens jr and mark and michelle and i have the argos defense my captain is dustin crumb so i'm just hoping he rushes for two touchdowns and gets i think i made massive him, points well, i might have made mac my captain but uh and i uh, have 200 dollars remaining so <laughs> home teams are 13 and 14 this year East Thanks, Edmonton. Are six and four against the west ottawa toronto edmonton montreal that's who i'm picking to win the game elks are gonna do it they're gonna do it ottawa toronto bc calgary okay <laughs> this will be look look the east is better against the west but road the best part is is that we could both have terrible weeks oh, we could absolutely. both go one and three absolutely <laughs> uh the women's world cup going on right now shout out to canada for the win over oh. ireland <laughs> and in ottawa this week the Football Canada Women's Under-18 Championship is happening There's, right now. There are teams putting up 70 points, man. Dude. In that. <laughs> Quebec versus New Brunswick. This is the I feel like 90 to 72. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Was there a defense? <laughs> I think they're just... I, I think it's 12 on 7. That is incredible. Although, wow, I got tears in my eyes. That 162. I don't care what you're playing. That <laughs> That's absolutely wild. Uh, the championships is going to happen uh, this Saturday at Carleton University. You Home can of the rate, Ravens. Yep. You can rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out on your favorite podcatcher. You can like and comment on YouTube as well and support the show on Patreon. Brazilian Thai, what a treat to have you here on a Wednesday. And no, your mom has not signed up for Patreon yeah. yet. So now she's in, I don't know if we talked about this last time. Now she's in the habit of just sending me screenshots of stuff she wants on Amazon and then e transferring me the money instead of just sending me the link. I'm, I'm now I'm starting to realize why she doesn't know what Patreon is. 
isn't it easier to just order it herself? <laughs> I feel I like don't it have, takes more. I work. don't have Prime. I don't want to wait for the shipping. Like the stuff I'm buying you isn't even fast because <laughs> it's not in the Prime stuff. It's pens. <laughs> she wants pens. I told her to just go to pens Staples and buy Amazon. the box. Of, buy the box. She wants those big, slim, those like those yellow ones that look like pencils. Those are the pens she likes for work. I'm like, can you just go to Staples and buy those things? Like, well, last time, every time I go there, they're not in there, and I don't want to talk to Grandma. I'm like, oh my god, fine, I'll just do everything. So now I've just started getting my crap shipped there too. So I'm going to come home to like a Christmas. All my wrestling t-shirts should be there. Oh. <laughs> Stuff for the work truck. Like, oh yeah. My wrestling shirts. I can't wait to wear those. Yeah. Yeah. You better wear them on the show. We'll have a title for the, for the, for the first show that I wear one. Uh-oh. It'll either be bad guys finish last oh, or yeah. hey, let me talk to you. I don't know which one. Yet. Depends on which yeah. t-shirt I pull out first. <laughs> We will talk to you on Sunday slash Monday whenever uh, I get it edited and posted and all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> we can. I'm going to be. I am going to be tired Sunday. Just, just a heads up. Me too. I'm always. But hey, tired. holidays are coming. Holidays are coming. Holidays are coming. We will talk to you to wrap up week eight very soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. 